Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu nusalli ala rasulihil kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we're continuing our exploration of Fihi Ma Fihi, the discourses of Rumi. And now this is uh, discourse number nine. And the floor is yours for my random in, uh, interruptions. Okay. All right. Um... We said some with a desire. We, we said some with a desire to see you. Kept saying, "I wish I could have seen the master." That person will not see the master in reality just now because the desire he has to see the master is itself a veil over the master. At this time, he will not see the master without a veil. Okay, this is actually a really huge point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that what you will find very often, mm-hmm. in, especially in Sufi tariqas, but with any charismatic figure, you know, like a celebrity preacher or something, mm-hmm. is people are not seeing the person. Mm-hmm. They're seeing what they believe or imagine the person to be. Okay. And so there's, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I have a number of big chefs that I'm thinking of who themselves mm-hmm. are you know, solid, upright, you know, people, very, very important teachers, might even be my own teachers. But when I look at their murids, mm-hmm. you know, their, their students, their, mm-hmm. their spiritual students, uh, they speak of the teacher, the sheikh, literally like he is the answer or the Mahdi, he's the answer to the universe. Like he has special powers, mm-hmm. like he has a special connection with with Allah, with the unseen and everything. That the master himself never claimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, never even in uh, never even implied. And and so so the students are often seeking to connect to the master the way you will see fans are trying to connect to the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Right, and just imagine, um, you know, Isna or something, and imagine if Kim Kardashian became Muslim, and there's one session where she'd be speaking, you know, you, you could pick the largest stadium in Chicago, mm. and it would probably be jam-packed, yeah. right? Even though, let's say, hypothetically, she just became Muslim like two weeks earlier, mm-hmm. as though she has some special insights. Yeah. you know, in connection, but no. And, and so it's literally the same behavior, mm-hmm. you know? And so what is the word fan short of? It's fanatic. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the murid often is mm-hmm. towards the sheikh. It's often a fanatic. Even if the sheikh does not preach it. The bigger problem is when the sheikh preaches something like that, then the sheikh is dangerous because okay. the sheikh can get the, the fanatic, the fan, the murid to do anything they want. We also have those examples too. You know. and, uh, and historically as, and globally, uh, we have examples of people that really are dangerous that way. Mm-hmm. But what is the key point here? You're not seeing the, the teacher. You're actually seeing your imagination of the teacher. Yeah. Okay, continue. So is the point to just see your teacher just as a teacher 
And well, the, yeah, the, the point for all of this, the yeah. whole text, mm -hmm. is to see reality for what it really is, okay. right? Yeah. And so you could sum up uh, a lot of the Sufi teachings into just literally a couple lines. And two, uh, the first one is, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Mm -hmm. We are from Allah, and to him is a return. Okay. And so that's a statement of hope. You're, you know, like, you know, well, you just say you say this when you lose something, yeah. someone dies or something. Yeah. And in this context, it's a statement of hope. It's a statement of pain that we are from Allah and we're mm -hmm. not, we're separated. Mm -hmm. But that we're hoping to get okay. back. Okay. And the other is, is the dua, oh Allah, show me the reality of things as they are. Okay. Allahumma adini, oh Allah, show me the reality of things as they are. Okay. And so that's a repeated point throughout those two are repeated points throughout this whole text. And Masnavi, his other, his big magnum opus focuses more on this one focuses more on, on Allah show me the reality of things as they are, but they're both focused on both of these things. And that sums up the way the Sufis, like literally in two lines. And so it's to see the teacher for whatever the teacher is. Okay. You know? mm -hmm. And the way to think about this is when you go through all the Hadith literature, all of it, you see all the different aspects of the Prophet, peace be upon him, including him going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. right? You know, it'll still be dignified language and everything. Mm -hmm. you know? But uh, him eating, you know, which for us is normal commonplace, mm -hmm. but compare in Islam depictions of the Prophet eating, peace be upon him, with Jesus eating in, in Christianity. Um, it is a different depiction yeah. and then, um, and then of course, you know, him, so the prophet sometimes getting upset, like his face turns red. Um, and, and what happens is that often we sanctify the Sheikh higher than what the Sheikh is demanding because the Sheikh is often demanding that not, you don't elevate him, you lower yourself. Mm -hmm. Or unless you have more questions. Yeah, that's good. Um, all desires, affections, loves, and fondnesses people have for all sorts of things, such as fathers, mothers, friends, the heavens and earth, gardens, pavilions, works, knowledge, food, and drink. One should realize that every desire is a desire for food, and such things are all veils. Okay, so here's this is a, another super heavy sentence. Mm -hmm. So first, just like we said, the, the, the student sees the sheikh in whatever, in, according to their imagination of the sheikh rather than the real person, mm -hmm. very often. Uh, another way to say that is we all are looking through everything through filters to use contemporary language. It also means more than likely the way you look at your father, the way you look at your mother, you're also looking at them through filters. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, the common young student will think, yeah, my parents hate me, my parents will never have you, blah, 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 blah. Right, that's a filter. That's a choice to look at them that way, and such applies then to all the food, mm -hmm. or not all the food, but everything around you in the world. Everything you're seeing is through a filter, and a way to think about it is: Do you think of the world as a happy place or an unhappy place? And you are passively making a choice. Yeah. But then he says, all of it is basically a desire for food, which means what? All of it, number one, is a desire to see things in a particular way. Okay. And number two, a desire to receive from them in a particular way, okay. which means it's consumption. Mm -hmm. 
which is what food is for. Mm -hmm. Meaning, so every desire is a desire to consume. Okay. And so all things are veils. And then continue. So, so is that desire to consume in and of itself a veil that's separating us from God? Is that? This we'll see more we'll, uh, um, in these next two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. um, when one passes beyond this world and sees the king without these veils, then one will realize that all those things were veils and coverings and that what they were seeking was in reality that one thing. Okay. So what are we talking about now? We're talking about the Day of Judgment. Mm -hmm. Day of Judgment will be that moment where there are no longer any veils. And so now, so this next big point is, okay, imagine, to help understand, imagine you're watching a movie and everything on the screen is the filmmaker's will, is designed by the filmmaker, right? But now imagine the, on the other side is the filmmaker who's actually putting all those things there, even though the movie was made, you know, however long ago. But just imagine the other side of the screen is the filmmaker putting this here and this character there and directing your eyes to look at this and directing your emotions to feel this and that. Imagine the filmmaker is literally sitting on the other side of the screen. So you in reality right now, that is you and Olotella. Okay. That you can look around and feel like you're in a three-dimensional space. Mm -hmm. Four-dimensional to include time and then smell whatever else. But um, but we're saying in reality, everything is a veil on the other side of which is Alatala. Okay. So if I'm looking around, I'm physically moving my head looking in a different direction, but we're still saying on the other side of this is Alatala. Okay. On the Day of Judgment, this veil is gone. And so think of whatever your most vivid feeling of being awake ever was. And it could be while you're physically awake or it could be while you're actually in a dream. Mm -hmm. On the day of judgment, it'll be far more than that. Mm -hmm. You'll be literally, truly awake. Right now, we're not truly awake. Right now, we have tastes of what does it mean to be awake. There you'll be completely awake, which also means you have no place to hide. Mm -hmm. And so all along in reality, you were seeking one thing, you were seeking Allah Ta'ala. Okay. So every desire you have, you know, that we mentioned above mm -hmm. is actually a desire to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Mm -hmm. That you are then interpreting how to fulfill, how to quench this thirst using mm -hmm. dunya means. Okay. And, and an easy example of that is you might still be hungry and your, your stomach is physically full, mm -hmm. right? You know, like they say you're eating with your eyes rather than with your stomach. And so in that same way, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling the hunger in your imagination mm -hmm. thinking you need to eat. Okay. And that's all desire. Got it. Everything you want is actually that in your imagination. Mm -hmm. But what is the true quenching of it? It is to get close to Allah. Okay. Okay. All problems will then be solved. <clears throat> all which, the then, which then means what? It means 
That is the actual way to quench your thirst. Okay. All the thirst that you have beyond physical sustenance. Because mm -hmm. even the prophet says, peace be upon him. Okay, all you need are a couple of morsels, enough morsels mm -hmm. to keep your back straight. And so it means everything else is imagination. Okay. Yeah. And so, so if a person can shift so that the quenching of the thirst, all of it is through mm -hmm. Allah then here it's saying all the problems are going to be solved. Okay. So words with the word problems is really good because by saying that everything is a desire in, in that we're trying to quench the dunya, also saying all problems are also problems within dunya. So whatever it is, you know, a problem that manifests as a family problem, a problem that manifests as a work problem. Mm -hmm. If a person can steer 100% focus on all the love, then all the problems go away. Mm -hmm. It's not saying you have to wait until the day of judgment for that. No, 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 no. No, that's saying this is what you're striving to accomplish okay. in dunya. Okay. It also doesn't mean that you're going to have no pain or anything because the prophet yeah. peace on him had pain, had anger. Yeah. And if there's anyone who was straight, it was a prophet peace upon him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one second. Okay, I'm back. Right. Oh, you're. I think you were asking a question. Or... Yeah, I think I think you answered it. My, I guess my question was: Is he here saying that you have to wait until the day of judgment? But yeah, saying, no. yeah, yeah, this is this is essentially what we're describing here is literally the goal of life. Got it. That prior to being born, we were in this realm with Allah Taala. Mm -hmm. Then we enter this dunya, which is literally just a land of filters. Yeah, and the goal is to, through all the filters, aim for Allah Ta'ala. Got it. Okay. All the heart's questions and difficulties will be answered and everything will become clear. God's reply is not such that he must answer each and every problem individually. With one answer, all problems are solved. In winter, everyone bundles himself up and huddles in a warm place to escape the cold. All plants and trees drop their leaves and fruit because of the biting cold and they conceal their raiment, raiment, raiment within themselves lest they suffer from the chill. When spring answers them by manifesting itself, all their different, different questions with regards to living, growing things and dead things are answered at one blow. The secondary causes disappear. Everything sticks its head out and knows what has caused that calamity. Okay, so again, to, <clears throat> to unify this whole paragraph, mm -hmm. Well, he says God's reply so, uh, is not such that he must answer each and every problem individually. So this is where we're talking again about the prayer of the heart and the prayer of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And so prayer of the tongue is, oh, love, please give me this yummy food. Oh, love, please give me this job. Oh, love, please mm -hmm. give me, get me to work on time. Mm -hmm. But what is your heart always actually asking? If you were to go all the way down to the core, oh, love, please bring me closer to you. Mm -hmm. But you're in that moment interpreting a sentiment of need, mm -hmm. a sentiment of an unmet need by saying it'll be quenched with such and such thing. Mm -hmm. So I remember this one kid, um, he was like three years old and I was, I was staying with him, like his, with his family for, for a couple of weeks. And I used to notice 
every time he'd get upset, he'd start looking around for his pacifier. Mm-hmm. He's like, where's my passy? And I thought, I'm literally watching a future addict. You know, <laughs> hopefully not. But I mean, there's a whole kinds of all kinds of other dysfunction in that family. And uh, um, and the point being that um, that core need, he felt that his pacifier will solve. He'd gotten so conditioned as a three-year-old that whatever sorrow he's feeling, turn to the passive problems are all going to go away. And so, so the point is that all of your uh, requests, every dua you're making is basically a request to fulfill an unmet need. And the one core unmet need of them all is the need to get close to Allah. So the prayer of your tongue, he is not always going to give you what you're asking for. The prayer of your heart, he is answering by virtue of the fact you're asking him already means that he's brought you closer. Okay. Because the next person is someone who's not even making dua. Mm-hmm. If you're actually making dua, which means you have Allah in your consciousness and you're asking. But then as you get better in your dua, you still ask for everything. Mm-hmm. But as you get better in your dua, then you start realizing that what you're actually seeking are these bigger things like you know, reunion with Allah. Mm-hmm. God has created these veils for a good purpose. If he showed his beauty without a veil, we would not be able to bear it or benefit from it because we are benefited and strengthened indirectly. You see the sun, in its light we come and go. We see and we are able to distinguish good from bad. In it we warm ourselves. Because of it, trees and gardens bear fruits. In its heat, bitter and sour, unripe fruit becomes ripe and sweet. Under its influence, mines of gold, silver, ruby, and sapphire come to be. If this same sun, which is so beneficial indirectly, were to come closer, not only would it give no benefit, but it would cause the whole world and everything in it to burn up and perish. When God manifests himself through a veil to a mountain, the mountain becomes full of trees and flowers bedecked with greenery. But if he were to manifest himself without a veil, the mountain would be crushed and crumbled to dust. But when his Lord appeared with the glory in the mount, he reduced it to dust. Okay, so what is that referring to where it says, if you were to manifest himself without a veil, the mount would be crushed and crumbled to dust? Um, is it, I guess, the mat, like, we're not capable of, or the so, mount? Uh, a specific story. Oh, that, is that, um, is that, what, is that the part, well, when I hear that, I think of, like, in the Quran where it says if the Quran were revealed upon a mountain. But... Well, that's the same concept exactly. Okay. And here we're speaking of Musa alayhi salam. You know, so Allah Ta'ala speaks to him and then Musa alayhi salam says, you know, can I see you? Oh. I'm paraphrasing. And he's been told you're not going to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So look at that mountain. And so if, uh, so it's almost as though think of whatever the thinnest possible mm-hmm. measurement is. Mm-hmm. Let's say something, you know, a fraction of a quark mm-hmm. thickness. Mm-hmm. of light mm-hmm. divine light is sent to mount sinai and then mm-hmm. and then it crumbles into little tiny pieces so we're saying that as a mercy these veils are here mm-hmm. yeah. and so at the beginning of the paragraph it says if he showed his beauty without a veil we wouldn't be able to handle it mm-hmm. yeah. but we're also being taught a way to 
help get ourselves directed, which is all around you look for beauty. And that is helping you direct yourself to all the time. So even when the narrations describe the prophet, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. himself, like there's a narration of Ali where he says, you know, I've never seen anyone before who looked who was like him or after, right? And, you know, his, or in other narrations, his beauty was like the, the full moon in the night sky, yet he was more beautiful. Or if there were a room full of people sitting, he was the most beautiful person there. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Quran itself, the most beautiful of all things that can be recited. Mm-hmm. And so just like we have the teaching that Allah is beautiful and he loves beauty, uh, especially in the spring now, but it's 24-7, 365, uh, or 354 using the Islamic calendar. It, it's uh, a way to start appreciating and helping to get closer to Allah is to really seek out and appreciate all this overwhelming beauty all around us and in a different class i feel like it was earlier this week i was giving this example of this moment where i was sitting in cosmology class mm-hmm. and i always give this examples from like 20 years ago where so cosmology is like the study of the models of the universe mm-hmm. and the teacher has is, uh, is using the projector and showing all these shots of stars and planets and galaxies and he has this wall size screen and he's projecting a photo of a spiraling galaxy mm-hmm. a big giant giant photo projected onto the screen and i'm trying in my brain to comprehend uh how big the galaxy is because it was a giant galaxy compared to the milky way okay and the milky way is you know mm-hmm. you know mind-bogglingly large mm-hmm. compared to the earth compared to us and this is even bigger. And so I'm trying to comprehend the size combined with how beautiful the whole thing is. Mm-hmm. And my brain couldn't handle it. I was literally almost passing out in class. Okay. And so that's the point here, is that to, uh, as you appreciate the beauty of Allah more and more and more, the beauty of the creation of Allah more and more, mm-hmm. that is helping you to get closer to Allah, and it leads you into a point of wonder or bewilderment. And that is uh, entering a deeper phase in your relationship with Allah. Like Musa Islam passing out when that light just went by him. So he might have even seen, you know, imagine just an atom's thickness of a light or a quark's thickness of a light beam. And he literally passed out and the mountain crumbled. Yeah. Uh, let's stop right here. This is a good place to stop. Sounds good. Then, um, and then, yeah, uh, I got to do my thing for mom, and you got to do your thing for your mom. Okay. So, cool. Any other questions? No. So, so these paragraphs that we read today, they're uh, a really, really good uh, paragraph to really, really just think about, a really good set of paragraphs to really think about and internalize. Inshallah. Inshallah. Sounds good. Cool. All right, inshallah. May Allah reward you, and we'll see each other next week, inshallah. Sounds good, inshallah. Have a good week. You too, inshallah. All right, salam alaykum.